0: Welcome to RealCast, the weekly roundup of the real asset markets. My name's Richard Betts and I'm joined by Nicole Dines, Dan Innes, and Paul Strone. Um Let's start with you, Dan. Um, what have you been following this week?
1: Last week, of course, was MAPIC or MAPIC Digital. Richard, I know you chaired a session there. We should have all been in Cannes, obviously, but COVID conspired against us on that. But MAPIC Digital ran two days of live events and that brought together about 2,300 international decision makers. There were 25 live sessions. Uh, that had 114 speakers. I mean, I think the resounding feedback was really that it was a great success, including that networking platform that they'd introduced, where they organized over one and a half thousand virtual meetings. So, I mean, the, the idea of having the conference online really kind of has, has really become firmly established. T. Storm, from, who's the chief executive at Vareldahav, he talked about his commitment to integrating Resi, medical, food, and bev and other sectors into its commercial projects. They've got a target of 25% mixed-use space in their town centres compared to the 10% at the moment. And as for F&B, um, we saw people like Ian Sanford, he's president at Eurofund Group. He said, you know, it's not just important, F&B, but it's mission critical. It's not just about the amount of F&B, but it's the variety of the food. Natalie De Petro, um, you know, she's the director of MAPIC. You know, she said it was a new challenge for them to host MAPIC. Uh, online, uh, but they were very proud. Everyone can still access the content for MAPIC until the end of December. You know, Retailers are really looking at ways in which they can make sure that Christmas is, a, a, is the, the success that they need it to be. Marks & Spencers, for example, they're planning to open most of its stores until midnight in the run-up to Christmas uh, to allow shoppers and staff you know, the time they need to socially distance and shop safely. They might do that for. Um, for For you know two thirds of their national portfolio so that 'll be a shot in the arm for many shopping center owners that have m um, s as an anchor. Um, and we're also seeing many retailers adapt to this pandemic and their various lockdowns in different countries by actually helping shoppers to shop one-on-one uh, using FaceTime or Zoom to make purchases. So you can see retailers really pushing hard to try and capture spend during these difficult times. And then my last point was uh, was on British land. They're targeting asset sales uh, of around 650 million over the next six to 12 months. As they're trying to sort of become, uh, as the new chief exec becomes, comfortable around regional economic growth. It's Simon Carter, of course, who's a former financial director. He took over last Wednesday. Um, it was the same day that they actually announced that they'd resumed dividends uh, to investors, despite having an increase in pre-tax losses and a falls in revenue um, and asset valuations. BL posted a pre-tax loss of £757 million for the six months to the end of September. And that compares to a loss of £440 million, uh, for the same period last year. Um, revenue fell 22% to $225 million, um, and the value of BL's assets slid down 7.3% to 10.3 billion. But Simon Carter, you know, he, he said there was the potential to develop around 1.5 million square feet of logistics property uh, by converting many of their existing retail centres or, or building on car parks or using surplus land around shopping centres like Meadowhall uh, in Sheffield where, where they've identified some opportunities. And they're talking about using asset management to convert some of those shops you know, into warehouses, offices, houses um, to give their investors a bit more certainty about the future rental income.
0: Interesting also around MAPIC, picking up that theme around um, mixed-use repurposing. The session I ran there with Philippe Jeuneau, Matthij Storm and Winston Fisher, very interesting in terms of also looking at that leisure angle, particularly uh, with Winston Fisher, who's CEO of Area 15, which is a new concept in terms of the US offering a mix of F&B, entertainment, tech and art, and specifically Designed to be a disruptor, and a lot of discussion there around that repurposing and the potential for using car parking and unused areas as well for for logistics. Um, Paul, what have you been following?
2: The last real cast we referred to logistics specialist Clarion Partners Europe having acquired a five-property portfolio in Spain from Prologis not long after Prologis had sold a 473 million portfolio to Blackstone. This week, there have been a a number of similar, if not quite so large, deals announced. Um, Private equity firm, Madison International Realty, acquired a stake in a 30-asset European logistics and light industrial portfolio alongside Cairn Real Estate through a Dutch logistics vehicle, the Gateway Fund. Madison's initially invested 22.5 million, which will increase to 50 million euros over the coming 18 months and will give firm a significant stake in the portfolio. Uh, 90% of which is in the Netherlands. The remaining uh, 10% in um, in Germany. Meanwhile, Germany's Patricia has sold two logistic assets in the Greater Madrid area of Spain for around 150 million euros to investment manager Realis. And it sold Schoenfeld Airpark in Berlin, one kilometre to the north of the new Berlin Brandon Airport. They've sold that to CBRE Global Investors. So selling logistics property could seem a bit counterintuitive when the popularity of logistics amongst investors would suggest that now's the time to hang on to your beautifully tended flock. Logistics has done so well out of the COVID pandemic and the meteoric rise of online retailing. So presumably it's all in the deal and what people are now prepared to pay and a bit of prop Profit-taking can't be bad for the books. Research from Savills shows how marked yield compression has occurred in some markets just between quarters one and three this year, notably in Norway, Spain, Czech Republic, Germany and the Netherlands. Spain saw a 30 basis points fall from 5.15% to 4.85%. Germany, 25 basis points drop from 37 to 3.5%. And in the Netherlands, yields have fallen from 4.25% to 4.1%, just in two quarters. Although not everywhere has seen uh, yield compression during the, the period, and yields were static in a number of markets. Finland even saw a 10 basis points increase to 5.2%. But some office markets don't have yields as low as this. So companies that have owned logistics buildings for a few years probably can't believe their their good fortune or skillful judgment
0: Really interesting to see what's happening in terms of the, um, the logistics yields there, Paul. Still a great deal of interest in, in that market, certainly in all the interviews that, that I'm doing. That's coming through very clearly. Um, Nicole, what have you been following?
3: We had a very interesting session, we asked the media organised, on German senior housing. It's well known that it's a market with great potential because Germany has the third oldest population in Europe after Italy and Greece. But what was needed is some data, some hard facts. So management have come up with a very first ever in-depth report on the market, which points to significant opportunities for two reasons. One is obviously demographics, the ageing population, there'd be nearly 10 million people over 75 by 2025 in Germany. And in Berlin alone, there are now about 360. It will go up to 500,000 people by 2025 over the age of 75. So clearly the the target market for senior housing. The panelists pointed out that it's essential for foreign investors to come in a market, which has been dominated until now by domestic investors. But they really need an injection of foreign capital to meet the demand. Because also German pensioners tend to be very well off, very affluent. And therefore, the demand for private um, uh, senior housing is uh, is going to to, to increase. Um Dramatically, and, it, and going from seniors to, to students. In Dublin, Trinity College has commissioned Savills to be the main advisor and property manager on a one billion euro project to create a new campus. It's called Trinity East. It's a technology campus that will have, as you probably would have guessed, mixed use. It will have a lot of uh, green spaces. A lot of uh, about half of the buildings will be will be academic, but the rest will be commercial.
0: Very interesting to see what's happening. I think um, both in terms of senior housing housing and also particularly that's that student side and those in general what what were perceived as as niche investment areas thank you nicole thank you paul thank you dan thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you next week for our regular roundup of the key themes in real assets thank you